0: following program does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff or management of WFMD. Well, I
1: don't know if they have a view on end times or not. We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> the staff prefers not to have a view so they don't get in trouble. <laughs> this is the Faith of at 930 WFMD. I'm Troy Skinner. The one you heard laughing initially was David Forsey, and uh, the one who commented real quickly after that was... Daniel Rasby, we're all pastors of house churches in Frederick County. The Rasby Church is up in the Thurmont area. Uh, Dave, I always forget the name of the town you live in, but it's on the south end of Frederick County.
0: It's in Knoxville, but that doesn't no- mean necessarily mean there either. Knoxville, gotcha.
1: <laughs> Oh, really? You've moving things around lately?
0: Uh, yeah, you caught up on that.
1: And uh, anyway, House of Faith in Christ is my church, and we're right in the center uh, of of the county. We're uh, on the north end of uh, Frederick City. So anyway, uh, we were starting to talk about end times, and uh, we record these in advance, so I can't even assure you you'll hear this show because Christ could return in the interim. Hmm. Uh, But assuming he hasn't returned in the interim, you're going to hear these remarks. And last week we jumped right in trying to talk about, you know, the rapture and, that sort of stuff. And I think we came away from that, that uh, David's, you know, not really counting on there being a rapture. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty forceful in saying there will not be a rapture the way it's commonly understood. And uh, Daniel has a variant view that he, I think he's okay with saying that there's a rapture of some sort, but it happens at the end of the tribulation. So not sure exactly what they're being raptured from, but uh, right. that was the that was kind of where we landed on that question. And then we started talking about some big theological terms to get thrown around, and we didn't really define them very well. And you know, shame on me. Um, I, I need to do a better job of protecting you, the listener. So, let's let's talk about some of these different labels and terms and what they mean. I th- we talked a little bit about preterism and partial preterism, but we'll, I'll start there. So, preterism is the idea that uh, that's the label that's assigned. And there's I won't get into all the reasons why the labels are what they are, okay? I'll just tell you what they, what these different views are. Preterism is that Jesus Christ he promised to return, and he did, in A.D. 70, full stop. And so he's not coming again. So the way the world has been since A.D. 70 is the way it's going to be. And we've got to work it out. I mean, that's a, a very... Uh, insufficient way of describing, but it's there's no more second coming. The second coming already happened nearly 2,000 years ago. So, partial preterism says that Jesus did return in AD 70 in judgment against uh, the Jewish religion, destroyed the temple, all those sorts of things. And uh, most partial preterists, and I would put myself into this camp, would say that all that needed to happen for Christ to return at any moment happened in AD 70. The fact that he hasn't returned in the over 1900 years since has been purely God's goodwill and his patient timing, waiting for uh, all of his elect to uh, come to salvation. And he'll come back when he's good and ready to come back. But there's nothing stopping him from coming back before I finish this next word. That would be my view. Uh, Piggybacking on that would be, I guess I'll go with my view, the uh, millennial view. Which gets uh, parodied as, uh, you know, ah, meaning non. So you're saying there is no millennium. That is not the amillennial view. The amillennialists, that's a hard word to say, did not label themselves. They were given that Mm -hmm. label and it's kind of a pejorative. And so it's led to a lot of misunderstandings. The people who hold my view do not believe that there will not be a millennium. Uh, people who believe what I believe believe that we are already in some some sense in the millennium, right. and there's an already not yet tension at play. And so it's already here,
2: but not fully in the way that it will one day be. And pause for clarification. When you say millennium, you're, what people usually mean when they say that is they're referring to a couple verses in Revelation that talk about after a tribulation of some kind, which is – there's many different uh, views on that, then – the Satan is bound for a thousand years. Whether that's literal or figurative is also up for debate. And during that time, the Christians are living and reigning with Christ for the thousand years. And then, when the thousand years are over, that's the final end and destruction of Earth and new heaven and new earth. That's that's those are the couple of verses that are and yeah, the that millenni- you're talking about when you're talking about the millennium. And some yeah, millennium say, is a thousand years. Right. And
1: then so and that yeah and that. Leads right in nicely. Segue into what I was going to be talking about next: so to define the term millennium. Some people will take the idea that millennium is a literal one thousand years, as we understand them one thousand three hundred and sixty-five day cycles, <laughs> or three hundred sixty-four day cycles, if you like the, the Jewish way of doing things. Three hundred sixty, uh, you know, you know. 360 whatever. But <laughs> anyway, the idea is that it's 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 an exact measured period of time, and there are those others who would take it as more of a figurative. A period of time, just for a very long time. And I won't get into the merits of either of those cases. They, they each would have their merits, I suppose. Uh, but the amillennial position, obviously, if somebody like me believes we're already in the millennium and it's been almost 2,000 years, somebody like me takes it figuratively. It's not right. an exact 1,000 uh, years the way we typically calculate things. But it's not just the amillennialists that have that view of the of thousand years, by the way, the figurative. Uh, so we'll move on. Um, there's also the, uh, very popular view in America. And I say in America, because it's not the prevailing view throughout church history. And it is not the prevailing view around the world, even today. But in America, most of the Christians you run into will be dispensationalists, whether they know that's the label for what they hold to or not. The dispensational view, uh, well, I'm doing a lot of talking, so if somebody wants to jump in, you let me know. But as far as it does with the end times, the, the dispensationalists, where they end, because that's what we're focusing on now. So we won't get into all the different dispensations throughout time. But well, we can later if we want. Where they end is in a variety of places, depending on which dispensational camp they're in. And this can make things very complicated. So there's this idea of there being a tribulation period, meaning this, this, this period of great Angst and difficulty, and and God's wrath being poured out, and and, uh, and demonic attacks, and these horrible things happening in human history, and uh, almost every, pretty much every dispensational I know believes that there's going to be a seven, a literal exact seven-year period of time for that to happen. There are those that say that there's going to be the rescue of the church that is called a rapture uh, in their lingo, and they're going to say that. Christ raptures his church away before the tribulation. Those would be pre-tribulation dispensationalists. Some say it's going to happen in the midway point, three and a half years in. So Those would be mid-tribulation dispensationalists. And then there are those that would believe that there's going to be a rapture, Christ coming to call his church out uh, at the end of, of the seven years, and those will be post-tribulation dispensationalists. Uh, I'm not sure, though, that Daniel is a dispensationalist, so I got to nope. see where he fits in that scheme. But that's what <laughs> most of the people you talk to are dispensational. The, that's going to be kind of their general idea, and they are uh, dispensational. Almost all dispensationalists are premillennialists, and I say almost because there's all these subdivisions. And,
2: and premillennial means we so, believe it has not started yet. And right. most premillennialists would also hold to a literal it has to
1: do with the timing of christ's return so those that think that christ is going to return and then we enter the millennium he comes pre-millennial previous to the millennium so there then so and that becomes an important thing to keep in your mind to understand this next term which is post-millennialism there are those that believe that uh things are gonna get better and better and the world become increasingly christianized and there's different groups here some of them believe that everyone on the planet will become a christian before christ returns most of the ones i know say that no that just the culture will be christianized and the governments will be very good governments and the people will be generally christian there might be some holdouts of course but and after uh, a thousand years of that christ returns or Again, the amillennial view kicks in here with the uh, the figurative language. A lot of postmillennialists don't believe in a literal thousand years. It's just a figurative, very long time. Mm-hmm. And after a very long time of the world being very Christianized, Christ then returns and the, uh, the, the millennium will have already happened when he returns. And then um, there's historic premillennialism. Um, which I don't know that anybody in this room is, unless it's Daniel, because I don't know exactly where Daniel fits on the spectrum <laughs> of, uh, of these end times views. Um, and I mean, what am I leaving but... out? Am I leaving anything out that's important?:
2: I uh, think those are the majority of the there's a the- lot of a lot of your the views have to do with Israel and how Israel fits in or doesn't fit in. To mostly mostly dispensationalist. Now, as far as interpreting
1: the Bible, particularly the book of Revelation, you've got the historicist view, the futurist view, the idealist view and, uh, and, and other views. I'm not going to waste everybody's time with all of that just now, because I feel like I've just thrown the listener an awful lot of labels at once. But those are the big ones. And I, I'd be willing to bet if you are a Christian yourself or if you know somebody who's a Christian, they are probably one of the things I just mentioned. Right, I mean that's ninety nine point nine percent of the people out there. So there's going to be some stray hairs here and there, but that's going to be. So just for fun, at the next
2: cocktail party, walk up to
1: your friend who you know is a Christian, and say, "Hey, sir, are you dispensational or i millennial or what?" <laughs> See what they say.
2: You'll <laughs> be the hit. And of the party. all of these things together, eschatology.
1: Yeah, eschatology, eschaton is, has to do with the end time, so the s- study of last things. Eschaton, last things. So eschatology is a study of last things. That's what we're talking about when we talk about eschatology. Just give you a little, a little linguistics lesson there. So, what does historic premillennialism mean to you, since you didn't really define that? Um, historic premillennialism is uh, there is a. Again, the premillennial part has to do with Christ's return. So Christ returns before the start of the millennium, mm-hmm. uh, but that uh, the the church history and the way things play out uh, in history leading up to that moment. Uh, see, I'm not really good at articulating this. Is um, is what's is what guides our interpretation of the bible uh, uh, guides our expectation of the future and it's not it, it's 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 meant to be different it's, it's meant to be distinct from um those who hold that view would make it a point to be say that they're distinct from the dispensationalists so there's one big long human history as opposed to these silos of, right. of, of history which
2: would be the dispensationalists. so that would be probably the closest then to what i believe okay i'm not a, I'm not a dispensationalist I believe that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he didn't change or end covenants, certainly not with Israel. Um, all of his laws are still in effect. The Torah is still in effect and should be obeyed, um, not for salvation, but it's, those are the laws. So in that sense, I don't see a separation there. I see Israel as God's chosen people, and they always are and always will, and they're Always to the, salvation to the Jew now, first and then to the Gentile. I think, unless
1: I'm a fuzzy on what I remember from seminary, but if, I, if I'm getting this right, uh, I don't think the historic premillennialists uh, are
2: counting on there being a seven-year tribulation. Some do, some don't. And again, depends on your definition of tribulation. But there is a seven-year cycle that I believe in. Talk about Daniel talks about it. The last week, the, there's a dis- distinction between the 69th week and the 70th week, and I do think that's a literal time period. Um, I'd actually say that it's already started, but... You could say that it's going to start soon, or whatever. But whenever, whenever it starts, it'll be a seven-year schedule. At the end of that seven years, then the millennium starts, and it's a literal thousand years. And at the end of that thousand years, then Christ comes back again and destroys everything um, and makes a new heaven and new earth. Well,
1: then you're you're actually a really good uh, like case case uh, test uh, test case study mm-hmm. uh, for me because. Um, I don't fit in any of the boxes? Well, no, no, because, well, you don't fit into the typical boxes that I run into. And usually you have a conversation about these sorts of things with the dispensationalists uh, and and end up, in my experience, end up talking about they're defending their system, their dispensational system. And we end up talking about dispensationalism and not talking about the end time, the second coming. We're spending so much time talking about the system. We never actually, in your case, we're not going to talk about the system. We can really focus on the end time, which is what I wanted to do here. So... One of the things I find um, dissatisfying, unattractive, which, and, and it leads me to not accept that particular view, is the built-in idea that Christ can't return now. Right? He he can only return after the beginning of the seven-year tribulation cycle. And that I feel like that's problematic. I feel like Christ could return. Well,
2: you're assuming that 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 hadn't started what exactly uh, is different um six years for, for, forget forget now i mean it's, it's just in general right unless you are 100 percent sure that everything has not actually happened around the world to be in place for christ's return then how can you know that, that, that he couldn't return right now
1: well, yeah, but now you're making my arguments. I'm saying everything has happened. He could return right now. I mean, the only thing that hasn't happened is whatever it is his secret, own secret knowledge knows. Right. Like, as far as us needing to check boxes before he could return, that's happened. Sure. So, But if we're to- waiting for this great, most tremendous tribulation period ever. Like, What's different from the world seven years ago compared to the world eight years ago? Like, Is something dramatic, some demarcation that happened where he could come now? So it's 2022. So in 2015, mm-hmm. did something really unbelievably
2: dramatic shift in 2015? So that
1: we could say we've been in the tribulation for the last seven years, potentially?
2: I, I wouldn't s- say for the last seven years, no. So uh, Maybe two. So, yeah, so
1: that's that, that's my point, I guess. So based on that view, we, we would have to say, oh, so he's not going to come for the next five years.
2: Well, you have to define come, right? Because that's, that's a big thing as well. Oh, Jesus Christ is coming back. Well, yes, he's coming back. But what does that mean? You mean... To judge the world and and to start the millennial reign, then that will be at the end of seven years. If you mean that he's coming back as in you, you the witnesses are in the streets and Jerusalem breathing fire and all that. I mean, there's a lot of things that are happening. God is sealing his, um, uh, his the saved people, uh, the mark of the beast, and all that. So Christ is not actually here reigning on the earth during that time. I guess so. Yeah, if if, if you want to say at the end of the seven years, sure. I would say yes. I I would subscribe to that view that that he wouldn't come back today. In that sense, um, maybe in a few years or a few months or whatever. I think, in in my view, the next the next feast to be fulfilled will be the feast of trumpets. So it would be in the fall time frame. Um, so we know the time of year. Um, whether, See something else you just said. Is.
1: Though I want to back up for half a second so I don't lose the thought. Yeah, you know, the idea of you, 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 the line, I think, was something like, well, Jesus, he's, he's not, you know, he's not here now, ruling as a king now kind of thing, whatever. It's like a throwaway line. You're thinking mm-hmm. out loud. But that's another thing that makes me amillennial because the amillennial position helps to emphasize the fact
2: of Christ being king now. Mm-hmm. You know, well, the, he's always king, but I'm talking about physically he's being a king in, without a kingdom. I'm talking about physically being on the throne in Jerusalem. Like literally sitting there you like you can go walk and say hi and shake his hand type of thing like physically on the earth during the thousand years that's what I'm talking about
1: so what does Jesus mean in the Gospels when he says the kingdom of God is at hand
2: at hand as in here or soon right or yeah I mean there, there's there's a kingdom of God and there's whole sermons about kingdom of God versus kingdom of heaven and 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 so on um, yeah, well, I think does, that's
1: just a turn of phrase. But the, but the idea the with, too, but but
2: the, idea with the millennium, is, it says, he, they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. So there really isn't any of that going on right now. Christians are not ruling the world right now. There's a lot of evil in the, in, in the world, especially at the upper levels of government. But it also says Satan is bound during that time. And I've, uh, a lot well, of, well, a lot of dispensational pr- pastors love to say, oh, if Satan's bound now, I don't want to see when he's not bound. Like, it's pretty bad right now, right? The idea, there's certainly a lot of demonic activity, and you would agree with that. You, maybe you would say that Satan is bound, but his demons are not. I've heard that been said, but it, it it's, doesn't seem to me that there is a suppression of demonic activity during the, tr- the
0: age of the yeah. reigning I, I, of actually, I, the Actually,
1: I, I do have some thoughts on that, but I want to get David a chance to jump
2: in here.
0: Yeah. Sure. Well, I was, I was just going to say that it... Uh you know that daniel when you you know when you said you know uh you're talking about the the reign of christ right and and uh and christians ruling with him mm-hmm. i mean that that in the way that you're talking about it you're you're presuming a um like a a physical governmental mm-hmm. a perfect sy- justice system uh, systemic sort of sort of way um the, and that
2: theocracy, uh, perfect justice system, and
0: that, really. that that made me think about um, I guess the the that second point that uh, I was going to mention last week that um, that as you know one of the when we come to scripture one of the big things to to give a lot of consideration to that that ends up being a, a really a, a key point of determining where you land on these issues is which which passages are uh are taken super literally mm-hmm. and i'll say super literally because yes we you know we would all say yes we take the bible literally like we think it means what it says right? I
1: like to use the word woodenly
0: right yeah that's that's good um but uh yeah so you know that that is something that uh yeah to to wrestle with you know mm-hmm. and— and so many of these passages you know is uh is is are we dealing with uh word pictures here are we dealing with you know are we being given a a perspective of things happening uh that is from the heavenly perspective right a spiritual perspective of things or is this from a, an earthly perspective you know as we as we walk through these so i mean all you know whatever views we encounter Come to all these particular passages with that that sort of presupposition, and it and it, right. you know, there, there's no one who takes you know as Troy said, there's no one I don't think who comes to all of Scripture woodenly literal, and so so then I it try comes to do as to, much as
2: I can, but um, and, and and so my my. My opinion is what, what? whatever is the most plain thing that you can see by reading it, that's that's what it means unless you can be shown. The text specifically says this is not it. Like Jesus says, this is a parable. This is not literally happening. Well, then, okay, that's a parable. Um, but I think the farther you get from a wooden, as, as you say, interpretation, it makes it a lot easier to do things like you can do with Genesis and say, oh, well, it wasn't really six days. It wasn't really just a few thousand years ago. It was millions of years, and it was maybe evolution, and maybe there's gaps and all these things. If you read Genesis and you haven't been to school and heard about the theory of evolution, you're not going to get that from Genesis. I'm sorry, but if you read Genesis, you're going to see six days, and you're going to see everything created. So I say to interpret Revelation the same way. If, If you... Get there. I mean, and, and if you look at Daniel. so Jesus looks
0: like a lamb. So, or does he look like a man? So, so here's here's what you I would what I mean? here's what yeah. I would say is that uh, so I'm I'm with you when it comes, uh, when it comes to you know read scripture, you know, expecting you know the, you know the just the most most plain interpretation. So, uh, and not you know allowing sort of you know outside sources personal experience to to determine how you're viewing or or interpreting what's being said but you know my thought is okay but we we do let scripture interpret scripture yes. we we go to scripture to help us understand scripture um and so that that is what i mean that you know that's my recommendation to anyone with how to approach you know, if you're having trouble with one particular passage of Scripture, keep reading all the rest of it.
1: Right. There's two things that have come up in this show that I think we might want to spend an entire show on each possibly. <laughs> one is uh, interpretation uh, principles and approaches to something yeah. like the book of Revelation. That might be a really good thing for us to focus on. And also the, the question of Israel. Mm -hmm. Which was uh, alluded to briefly, but is a big part of the conversation in this country when it comes to end times prophecy. So uh, I think we're going to want to do that. But before we uh, wrap up the show, I decided to brush up. So here's historic premillennialism. Um, (laughs) Teaches that the church was in the forevision of the Old Testament prophecy, while dispensationalism teaches that the church is hardly, if at all, mentioned by the Old Testament prophets. Historic premillennialism premillennialism teaches that the present age of grace was predicted in the Old Testament, while the the dispos uh, hold that the present age was unforeseen in the Old Testament, and then there's a great parenthesis. now. Uh, The historic premills teach that the uh, millennium uh, comes after the second advent of Christ, but not so much concerned with classifying other epochs of history. Uh, Historic premills. I'm going to just say that, historic premills. Uh, they're post tribulational, um, whereas the uh, dispos are premillennial usually. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I think that. Uh you, you, you definitely seem like you fit very nicely in the historic pre-millennial, pre-millennialism camp. And one of the big distinctions is the Israel question. So that will be uh, an interesting thing for us to, right. to tackle when we when we get there. So I'm going to have to wrap up. We've got like a minute left. So Daniel Razvi, if you want to check out the, the organization that his churches have founded and very involved with, it's uh, conqueredbylove.org. Uh, we still haven't had any success in getting David Forsey or his church a website, but one of these days he will have a website. Come and see. Or some sort of social media page or something. I don't know. And then I'm the pastor of Household of Faith in Christ, online at householdoffaithinchrist.com. Of course, the radio station is online at wmd.com. Uh, I encourage you to check that out. And if you can't listen to us on the radio, you can take us with you. We're a world one you can listen not just on the AM at 9:30 AM, but also at 99.9 FM if you got one of those fancy HD2 radios. So come to check your car; see what it has one of those. A lot of them do these days. Anyway, thanks so much for listening. Appreciate you spending part of your Sunday morning with us again. Uh, happy Father's Day! I think this was Father's Day's so recording, right? I think so. Anyway, until next week. God bless.
2: Past editions of this program are available in the Audio Vault at W.